Uh, when you're a parent of a kid, you look at these things differently, of course, uh, you know, when you see kids up there. And I was reminiscing about when our children were little and what they looked like. And the prayer of the past is always, oh, let my kid not be the naughtiest one, you know, that doesn't do what they want. But it's so wonderful to have our children be a part of our church, and I stress this because it's sincere. We have many people invested in them because we believe it's essential that we pass on our faith well. We believe that the church that works with parents uh, to teach children about the love of God is the church that does its work. And so if you're a parent of a child here at Skyview, first of all, you're in good hands. I trust that you sense the support and the care of many for your children. Now, it's always tricky having to figure out how long a children's production is and how much you prepare to preach. You will say a resounding hallelujah, which is very appropriate in Advent, by the way, that I've only prepared for about five good minutes. There was too much enthusiasm with that response. Someone was nodding no, saying, no, Stu, we like your preaching. Thank you to that one individual on the right-hand side. Uh, I want to read a brief portion of Scripture and then share just some very, very simple thoughts with you that hopefully is encouraging in this season. Um, before I do, I think we'll put the prayer up, and why don't we pray this together as we prepare to hear the Word. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed this Advent season, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Luke chapter 3, reading from verse 1 through 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Empress Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iteria and Trachonitis, and Lassianius, ruler of Abilene, thanks be to God. During the high priesthood of Anna and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the word of the Lord. I think one of the things that I love about our new facility is that it's a fairly accessible building. Not a single step from when you leave your car in the parking lot and as you pass Emilio's coffee nook through the main doors and as you make your way into the sanctuary. Even if you chose to go downstairs, the elevator enables those with physical challenges to get to the lower level and then no steps and wide open hallways greets you making easier access and movement possible. I do not work for Century 21. Our washrooms 
have accessible stalls, and even countertops have been fabricated and hot water pipes insulated to enable anyone, despite their physical capability to move freely and safely in the facility. You see, when you design a building, and you build it, and you want to make it as accessible for every person possible, you have to put yourself in the position of somebody for whom access is difficult. If there are any architects here, builders here, persons here who work in construction, you understand that when you want to build a building well that leaves no um, obstacles for people to be able to come in and, and, and to be able to access and use the facility, then you have to place yourself within their experience. I think John the Baptist, when he says, prepare the way, is challenging us in this Advent season uh, to perhaps consider the ways in which we need to prepare the way for others to experience the good news. I think sometimes there are many obstacles, many challenges. We certainly know as a church, if we are to be honest in our cultural setting, that there are many friends and family members for whom the idea of good news seems inaccessible. It seems like the good news has been lost some way along the line, hence the title of the sermon series, Reclaiming the Good News. But when John calls out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, he's saying a few things, that where there was previously not a way, God has made a way through Christ. That means this, that no person, no matter how tanned and good-looking they are like me, don't be jealous. No matter which country they come from, no matter what age they are, no matter what their life experience would be, is put outside the scope of this great God who says, I will level the playing field so that you may know the good news. I uh, got a few slides I want to show you. Can I have those slides? And I, I'm a little self-indulgent with them, so do forgive me. I'm up here so you can't really say anything. The next slide. Ah, look at that. Has anybody driven this road? Uh, Norway's Atlantic Road? Anybody? Anybody want to ride, ride this road? A few of you. Car enthusiasts. Can you see yourself flying over that bridge? I'm looking at you. You know who I'm looking at. Uh, look at look at what this the architects had to do here. They they had to fabricate something that would be able to carry people across this waterway. Uh, I'm I'm taken by just the spectacular view itself. Can I get the next slide? Uh, look at this one, Route 163. Anybody? No. I've, you have? You really? Okay. Thank you. Undoubtedly one of America's most iconic roads. Look at that landscape. Look at that breathtaking mountains. Isn't that fantastic? Uh, Utah. I haven't been, but I would like to go there because of this. Next slide, please. Oh, who likes this road? <laughs> I love this road. Tianmen Mountain Road dramatically snakes its way up the side of China. I'm not going to say it again. I got away with it once. Often nicknamed the Heaven Linking Avenue, the road leads to a cave. 
and a natural rock arch cut into the mountain access by climbing 999 steps. You won't get to see that arch unless the road was carved out of the side of the mountain. Can I get to the next one? Oh. Oh, let me just stop there. Let me let, me let you just take this in for a minute. <laughs> this is my hometown. Don't be jealous. You know, we, we're talking about preparing ourselves, and jealousy stands in the way of things. So just appreciate. Winding its way from Noortuk, can I say it in my accent, a suburb of Cape Town to the town of Hout Bay. Chapman's Peak Drive is a five-and-a-half-mile route skirting the side of its mountain namesake that takes in one of South Africa's most spectacular coastlines. And then this last one. Many of you drove this one, I'm sure. Icefields Parkway, can I see by raising hands? <laughs> Spectacular, absolutely breathtaking. A friend of mine came and visited recently, and we went out to a conference out in uh, Lake Louise, and he was just shocked by how naturally beautiful uh, Alberta is. He didn't think it was, and he's been in Canada for a long, long time. If I can go one, two slides back to the slide of the highway on the side of the mountain. I think that John understands that Israel itself as a people had somehow forgotten their calling. Their calling was to be those who prepare the way, who point people to the good news. I have to be honest with you, my friends, the reason I chose this kind of sermon uh, for this kind of season is because I think we have to do some reclaiming of what it means to be Christian. You know, to be Christian in this particular season means something very specific, that if we are to think, much like the image I gave you about accessing a facility, that our lives too ought to be about taking as much care to prepare and open up the doors and straighten the paths and fill the potholes as we possibly can so that the very good news that God has made known to us may be made known to others. So perhaps... In this season of Advent, we are challenged to not only consider the good news as it would relate to me and to you, but perhaps we are invited to consider how we can be a part of allowing others to experience this good news. I think there's two things, and I only have two points, and all God's people says amen. I think there's two things that needs to happen. I think the invitation in this season is to take our eyes off ourselves and to see, to notice those whom God has called us to prepare the way for. Perhaps it's a season where you and I can have one less gift at the tree so that someone else can have something that they need. Perhaps it's a season in which we teach our children and our families that one of the obstacles that we must overcome is the lie that our culture tells us that we need more and teach ourselves contentment and thanksgiving for what we already have.
I wonder if a second invitation in the text is not only to perhaps open our eyes to others, but that perhaps God is calling us to serve, to care, to be present. I'm always struck when I visit seniors' homes, when I visit parishioners who are no longer able to come, at how awfully lonely places like that appear. Some of the folks there, when they see, you know, a young, good-looking guy like me, that's not a joke, I don't know why you're laughing. They're so starved for attention, so starved for conversation that they'll just start it up with me. They are so open, so wanting, so desirous of just company, of just presence. You know, I've come to find that we live in a culture of so much, and yet there's a culture of such incredible loneliness, isolation. What would it look like this year during Advent season if, if we took our eyes a little bit off ourselves and what we'd like to get and, and, and what we want for us and ourselves, and we stepped out and intentionally spent time with somebody who just needs someone to say, we love you, we care about you. What would the good news look like and I don't want to steal Pastor Ryan's thunder because he's preaching on the second portion of this text. If we learn how to share ourselves, our time. This past Friday, um, the missional group that I'm a part of went over to this family that we have been befriending for the last best part of this year. One of the gentlemen in our missional community group uh, told us a month or two ago that this particular family needed a couch. And so we went and got a couch at a, a, a second-hand place. And, and uh, I could tell you a very hilarious story about how to try and fit an oversized couch into my minivan and how that didn't work. But while we were at the store, this gentleman from our missional community saw a Christmas tree and said, hey, you know, I... I think we should get that Christmas tree for the family. Now there's a language barrier and we use Pictionary a lot to communicate. But we kind of discerned that, yeah, she's kind of excited but didn't really know what to do with it. Long story short, ended up at her home, put up the Christmas tree, no lights, no decorations, and then we decided, at least our group decided, we will all gather there on Friday to set up this Christmas tree and to present gifts to all of the children. And there's about 13 of them in total, I think. Now, <laughs> you have to understand, and I don't think I can quite imagine what it would feel like to kind of have this strange tradition that I've never experienced before, a tree put up in my home. <laughs> then a bunch of strangers showing up with treats and stuff that probably they're not used to eating, and then wrapped presents, but it was the most beautiful chaos that you can imagine. And I saw as our team, our group, in the most simple way, allowed the very calling of John the Baptist to fall upon our hearts and says, if preparing the way means spending time with those whom others may choose to overlook, then we are being faithful to what God has called us to do. My friends, 
we are called to prepare the, the way because the news is good. We are, prepare, we are called to prepare the way because we know how the story ends. You do know that Christians ought to be incredibly optimistic because the lamb that was slain sits on the throne in victory, renewing and restoring all things. Chapter 21 of Revelation says, there will not be a tear that would not be dried. This is the calling of the church. If I was to close, and I should, I would say that John calls us all back to repentance. Yes, perhaps repentance from habits, sin. When we hear the word, perhaps we cringe because it sounds so judgmental. But yet, the prophet calls us back so that we would again be able to receive the good news and be bearers of this good news. And so in this season, there's an opportunity for us to examine the ways in which our lives perhaps creates obstacles for others. Sometimes it has to begin in our homes. You ever find it's hard to be a saint with those who know you? It's hard to show the very character of God in the relationships that matters most. But may we begin to recognize that this season of preparation invites us to a self-examination, saying, God, in which ways is my life allowing others to experience the good news? And perhaps the harder question, in which ways are my actions prohibiting others from knowing the good news? May we know that repentance is God's grace extended to each of us so that we would love Him and love others. To which all God's people says, Amen. That is a Pastor Stu five-minute message. It's not quite five minutes. but um, I'm going to invite Stephanie to come, and uh, I want to remind you again um, as a community of faith this year, let us consider those whom others overlook. Let us be those who embody the good news of Jesus Christ and may optimism, not based on a life without challenge, but an optimism that says no matter what we face, we know that the news is good. Amen.